Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. My message today is called Rise Up Christian. And I want to talk about the importance of rising up. And God wants us to live in a place where we don't feel defeated. He wants us to be in a place of faith and confidence in Him. Despite what's going on around us in any time of life, we have to know that God is greater than our circumstances. Can I hear an amen? And so we're looking at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 uh, to 31. And I love it here. Isaiah says, Have you never heard, and this is the Lord speaking, have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God? He's the creator of heaven and earth. Okay, He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. How many need the power of God? And God gives the power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall from exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. I want to say today that as we trust in the Lord, we find new strength. How many know that you need new strength for today? You can't live on yesterday's manna. You can't live on yesterday's word from God. We need to trust in the Lord. If we do so, we're going to find new strength. It says here, they will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And uh, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Let's say that together. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. You know, there's many Christians uh, have no problem believing in the Lord, but then they have a struggle to trust in the Lord. And there is a difference. I want to talk about that this morning. What is the difference? Well, here's a story, and I know some of you have heard this story before. But on July 15th, in the 1800s, there's a a, um, tightrope walker, and his last name was Bloden. And he walked backwards across the tightrope to Canada and returned pushing a wheelbarrow, okay? And they didn't have as much safety concern back there. He went across on stilts, and then he went across backwards, and he went across with a, with a little stove cooking omelets, you know? Like, it, it wasn't like today where they got a little chain. It's like, ah, if he dies, he dies. It's entertainment, right? So they're going across. He's doing all of these crazy things. And um, so what he did was he actually, um, he, after pushing a wheelbarrow across the the, the rope blindfolded, he asked his for audience to participate. And he said to the crowd, they, they were standing and they were ooing and they were aahing as they watched him cross. And uh, he said, who here tr- knows that I can do this? And they said, yeah, we believe you can do it. He says, well, who trusts me enough to get in the wheelbarrow? Well, listen, they believed he could do it, but they didn't trust him enough to get in the wheelbarrow. And that's our Christian life. You know, we can believe in God, but do we trust him when we're going through dangerous circumstances, right? And this is where he was at. And after a while, you know, years later, uh, one of his, uh, I think it was his manager, did go on Bladen's back across the falls, but never went in the wheelbarrow. And faith is like this. When we put ourselves in a place that seems risky, that's when we're trusting God. Faith is stepping out and doing what sometimes seems foolish to others, but it's not foolish to God. And in this Bible story, I want to show you this kind of faith. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, and I want to give you some background of what's happening here in the story. This is a time period around 850 B.C., 
And Israel has been divided into two kingdoms, into the north kingdom and into the south kingdom. The northern kingdom is run by a king who has ignored God. The nation is turmoil. Enemies are getting stronger. The economy is getting weaker. And the leadership of the country is trusting more in their own wisdom than the wisdom of God. In the midst of all this, as a result of the national crisis, family after family is facing personal crises. How many know we can kind of relate to that, right? And here's one of the, the stories in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slave. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. And so she went with him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. And then we're going to read in 2 Kings 4, verse 6 and 7. And now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is no other vessels. So the oil ceased. And then she came and told the man of God and said, Go and sell the oil, pay for your debt, and you will, and your son can live on the rest. And so here's a woman who was obedient even when it didn't make sense. And sometimes God asks us to do things that don't make sense, but we have to learn to trust God, okay? You know, God says that we're to, we're to uh, turn the other cheek. We're to love our enemies, right? We're to, um, you know, if someone takes your shirt, give them your coat also. None of that makes sense, but when we're obedient to God, how many know we open the, the doorway of blessing in our lives? God's kingdom doesn't always make sense. Sometimes it makes absolutely no sense. And to take, to take a little jar of oil and pour it into large vessels, guess what? That makes absolutely no sense. How many would say that makes no sense, right? And um, God's spiritual principle comes, and this is it. God will multiply what you pour out. Amen? So she had this little vial of oil and, and, and little jar, and she closed herself in the secret place with her sons, and she began to pour it into the vessel, and it just kept pouring, and it kept pouring, and it kept pouring, and the vessel got full, and the next vessel came, and the next vessel got full, and the next vessel got full, and, 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 and here's the thing, she had a very little, he said, what's in your house? She didn't say, well, I have a couch and a TV, you know, and got a computer here, and you know, I got a wheelbarrow, she said, she said I don't have anything but one jar of oil. And that's my question to you today is, what do you have in your house? What can you pour out in your life? Say, you know what, I, I need more love. I need someone to love me. I don't feel like I have enough love. You might have a little. Take that little bit that you have and pour it out. Amen? You need friends. Uh, be friendly. Pour out a little bit that you have. Fill another vessel and watch God multiply what you pour out to him. Amen? She came to the prophet. She said, prophet, I got nothing. The debtors are coming to take my kids. I have nothing. What am I going to do? And the prophet looks at her and says, what do you have in your house? And that's my question to you. What do you have in your house? You know, so many people that struggle financially, even believers, I ask them sometimes, you know, you're really struggling financially. Do you tithe? Well, pastor, I'll tithe when I get out of debt. 
I don't have enough money to tithe right now. One day you will always be in debt because you got to take the little that you have and you have to pour it out so God can multiply it. You got to take a little bit of money. You give a little bit and God multiplies. You give a little bit of love, God multiplies it. Amen? Give a little bit of kindness, God will multiply it. Whatever you need from God, you need to pour it out so God can multiply it. Amen? And so you need to be asking God this week, God, what do I have? I might only have a little courage, but I'm going to pour it out. I might have a little, yeah, a little bit of love to give, but I'm going to pour it out so God can multiply it so he can grow and he can bring your blessing. And this is what's happening with this lady. And the beautiful thing is she was able to pay off all her debts and she had enough to live, her and her son. God's provision is in what we pour out in our obedience to pour out the little that we have. Amen? We go back to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. So just like this woman, she trusted in the Lord. It didn't make sense, but she trusted the word of the Lord, and she did it anyway. And guess what? She got her breakthrough. And then it says, they will soar high, say high, on wings like eagles. I don't know if you know this, but eagles fly very, very high. Eagles soar at 10,000 feet, okay? They soar very, very high, okay? They lock their wings together in a certain position so they can soar through the stormy weather. Like, you know, have you ever been on a, on a jet liner and you look out and you can see the wings just, they're just holding strong and they're hitting the jet stream and, and it causes it to just go with the jet stream. This is how the eagle is. They just curve their wings and they soar with the jet stream. They go through the storms. All right? God has called us to fly at high elevations in prayer. Amen? He doesn't want you to fly with the cuckoo birds. He doesn't want you to fly with the ravens and the blue jays. Right? Because these birds, what they're doing is they're flapping all the time, right? They're just trying to get up there, and the storm comes, and they're like, I'm too tired. I'm going to rest in the tree. I'm going to land on the scarecrow, and I'm going to rest a little bit. Because they they're just flapping, and it's a lot of work. And a lot of Christians got to stop living like the world. You don't have to flap when fear comes. You don't have to flap when anxiety comes. When the storms come, you can mount up like wings as eagles, and you can fly above the valley. Amen? You can, you can fly above the storm. And God is calling us to be like that, all right? No other bird can fly high like the eagle. And I love how Moses, he went to commune with God on the mountain. He left the crowds on the foothills, and he went to the mountaintop. God has called you to soar on the mountaintops. This is a time right now, guys, that you have to pray. You have to get in the secret place with God, because when you begin to pray, you go into those jet streams, and you soar with the wind of the Spirit. All right? We need to learn to stay away from the sparrows and the ravens. We need to soar in the realm of the Spirit. Amen? Say, I got to stop flying with the cuckoo birds. God wants you to fly in the heavens. God has called us to soar above the problems of life. He has not called us to be flappers trying to work through all our situations. He wants us to tap into the wind of the Spirit, and soar over the problems of life. That's what God has called us to do. And eagles, by the way, love the storm. They love it. They get excited. They get worked up when they see a storm, right? 
the eagle actually uses the storm's wind to lift it higher. And once it finds the, the wing of the storm, the eagle uses the raging storm to lift it above the clouds. And it has an opportunity to glide and rest in that place of a storm. How many know that God wants you, when a storm comes against you, that it causes you to rise up? It causes you to be empowered. Isn't that crazy? It's that principle again that things in the kingdom of God seem crazy sometimes, but it's the way God does things. All right? We can use the storms of life to rise to greater heights. We need to uh, realize that God wants us to rise to greater heights. And James chapter 1, verse 2 to 8 says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be you know, perfect and complete, lacking nothing. It's, it's kind of like that ego mentality. This, this storm that's coming against me, I'm going to count it joyful because it's going to cause me to rise up. It's going to cause me to be an achiever. It's going to cause me to be perfected. All right? And I'm preaching this today because I want you guys to realize that God has called you to be an eagle. He wants you to soar with him on wings as eagles. He doesn't want you to flap. He doesn't want you to work hard. He wants you to catch the stream of what God is doing and soar at the heights. Amen? And so we see that um, eagles soar high. The next thing we see here is that eagles have strong vision. How many want to be an eagle Christian, right? Eagles have strong visions. Eagles can see their meal five kilometers away. They have 25 vision. Not 20, 20, 25. They can see and they can see five kilometers away. There's my rabbit. I'm going to go eat that. But they can see their meal five kilometers away and they can zoom in. And they can take that meal, okay? The other thing about eagles is they can fly directly into the sun. They have these little eyelid flaps that are like sunglasses that close in, and they go directly into the sun. And when they do, the, any enemy, bird, nothing can follow it. It can't look at the sun. The devil cannot follow you into the presence of God. When you're going through trials and going through hard times, you've got to go directly into the presence of the sun. You go directly into the presence of God. The enemy can't follow you there. God has called you to soar on the realm of the Spirit. Isn't that good news? The other thing about eagles, eagles do not eat dead things, right? Eagles want fresh meat. They want a fresh kill, right? And I want to say this. Eagle Christians refuse to live on re regurgitated teachings. It's, you know, so we read all, people read all these books, and books are good, don't get me wrong, but reading everyone's revelation of what they believe the Bible means, why don't you get in the Bible for yourself and let God give you a fresh word from heaven that speaks directly to you? Why regurgitate? Why eat something from yesterday? Why don't you eat fresh meal? Amen? So God is calling us to go for a fresh word from heaven, to open the Bible, say, God, I want you to give me new manna for today. I want you to give me a fresh revelation because you're doing a new thing. How many know God's always doing a new thing? We need fresh revelation. We need fresh understanding on a daily basis. How many, how many would agree? All right? And we don't want to live on yesterday's move of God either. I thank God for the moves of God in the past. And I think I have memories of God touching me in a powerful way. But I don't want to go back there, guys, because God's got so much bigger things ahead that I'm just saying, God, I want to look at the new thing that you have. I thank you for what you did here, but there's something greater over here. Eagles don't want yesterday's meal. They want a new thing. How many want a new thing? 
What God is going to do, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. I believe there's a move of God that's coming that is greater than we could ever imagine. And the only thing that will keep us away from it is if we keep going back and trying to eat yesterday's manna. How many know God's got something new for tomorrow? I don't know what it is. If you know, let me know. But I know it's great. I know God is about to do something powerful. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 20. Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Is that good? Okay. He says, I will do a new thing, nor and now it shall spring forth. You shall know it. Okay. I will even make a road in the wilderness, a river in the desert. Isaiah 42, 8 and 9. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I will not give to another nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I will tell you of them. There's new things that are going to spring forth in Trenton. There's new things God wants to do in your marriage. There's new things God wants to do in your family, in your city. But we can't hold on to the past, even if it was good. God's got greater things, amen? We need to be saying, God, what's the new thing that you have for me today? For you promise that you're going to reveal it to me. But we have to make the decision. Am I going to go after yesterday's meal? You know, how many have had a really good meal? You know, it would be dysfunctional if you spent all your time thinking about it. Oh, remember that pizza I had in 1979? That was awesome. Nothing compares to that pizza. And then you don't eat anything else but pizza. I mean, that would be ridiculous. There's new things to taste. There's new things to do. There's new experiences in God. And God is calling us to that place. Amen? The next thing that eagles do, because we're talking about eagles, the eagle tests before it trusts. The eagle tests before it trusts. You know, the female eagle is actually larger than the male eagle. And uh, what it does when... It's time to hook up, get married to a male eagle, is that it tests the eagle. And it goes and it gets a twig, and it goes up at 1,000 feet, and it drops a twig. And fetch it, boy. And the, 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 the male eagle swoops down as quick as it can and snatches the twig. And the female brings it back up to the female, and she goes, that's impressive. She takes it. She goes higher, drops it again. And she does this for hours. She'll go low height. High heights, low heights, middle heights, dropping twigs, dropping twigs, dropping twigs. This poor male bird is burnt out, worn out, but he's catching that twig because he knows if he misses the twig, he's lost his woman. That's it. Because she knows there's going to come a day when she's going to throw the eaglet out of the nest, and it's daddy's job to catch the bird before it hits the ground. That's how they teach him to fly. And so, you know, an eagle tests before it trusts. That's why it's so important that you, and this is for women, if he ain't got a job, don't marry him. If he doesn't care about, you know, his future, if he's not willing to protect you, if he's not going out of his way to prove to you that he's worthy, don't, don't go with him. Amen? Eagles trust, but they test first. Right? Are you committed to me in partnership, is what the 
female eagle is saying. Can you catch my babies if I drop them? So eagle Christians test before they trust. Eagle Christians don't just get online and, and, you know, follow teachings. I've seen men of God, women of God who went to Bible school, get caught up following a goofy doctrine, and they get off base, and they lose the faith because they don't test before they trust. They believe some crazy doctrine, and they don't look at the fruit that it produces. You have to test before you trust. Let's say that together. We need to test before we trust. Now, testing isn't judging. Testing is looking for the fruit. Amen? In 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 4, Paul says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. God tested these men, and He entrusted them with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines our motives of our hearts. And so the next thing about eagles is eagles are covenant birds. Did you know that eagles just, they only have one partner through their whole life? Other birds, you know, they have many partners. But eagles are committed to one person for life or one bird. And there's a partnership, all right? Both the male and the female eagles participate in raising the eagle family. She lays the eggs and protects them. He builds the nests and he hunts. And the interesting thing is, this is really cool. When he builds the nest, he fly, he go, first of all, they set it up on a high cliff, a high place, and he, he swoops down and he gets some twigs and he goes up and he puts them in, in the nest. And then he goes down and gets some thorns and he puts them around the nest so the predators can't come in. Then he, so he puts down the twigs and he goes down and gets thorns. He puts thorns on the twigs in the nest. Then he scoops down again. He gets grass to cover the thorns. Then he goes down again, and he gets more thorns. He comes up and puts them on top of the grass. It's layered. Then he goes down again, and he, he puts more hay and grass, and he puts his own feathers there. So mummy sits there with the, the babies until they're hatched, and they're in the nest, and she's raising them and feeding them, and he's out hunting, right? And there comes a time, what happens is when mama says it's time to start flying, and the chicklet says, I really like my nest. I don't want to move. I'm comfortable. She stirs up the nest, and all the thorns come to the surface. And baby nest goes, oh, ow, oh, I don't like this, mommy. And mommy throws the eaglet out of the nest. The eaglet jumps back in and gets thorns. It's bleeding. And says, mommy, the nest isn't comfortable anymore. She goes, that's right, because you need to learn to fly on your own. And so then she takes the little eaglet, and she puts it on her wings, and she flies it up to a high place, and she throws the little eaglet off her wings, and it plummets to the earth. And the husband, the male bird, scoops down as the baby's falling. I'm going to die. And this, the daddy comes down and catches it just before it dies, brings it back up, and mummy throws it out again. And it's about to hit the ground, right? Daddy catches it, takes it up again. The bird says, I don't like this, jumps in the nest. Ow, this hurts, gets out of the nest, right? And this is flight school for baby eaglet. And it's like that, you know, we got people living at home and they're in their 30s and living in the basement. They don't have a job. You know, they don't pay rent. They need some thorns. They need the nest stirred up. 
So they're like, oh, this isn't comfortable anymore. I got to get out of here, right? This is no, no longer comfortable. I got to pay for all the cheeseburgers I eat. I got to get out of here. I got to get a job. And so Mama Bird pushes the baby out and says, you're going to learn to fly. Because people who love you will make you uncomfortable so you can learn to soar and fly on your own. That's love. Amen? It's time to fly on your own. And, and, and Mama Bird comes and stirs up the nest so the thorns come to the surface. So baby thinks, I'm being tortured by my parents, but it's for good cause. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? And so now this next verse I'm going to read will sound completely different than you've ever heard it before. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10 to 12. Because God himself refers to himself as an eagle. Let's look at this together. He found him, this being Israel, in a desert land, in an wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him and instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. So, see, God cherished Israel. Look what he says. As an eagle stirs up its nest. Oh, I don't like this. It's not comfortable. You're going to learn to fly, boy. Oh, but I don't want to fly. I want to stay in the nest, Daddy. Right? As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up. Taking the baby bird up. What are we doing up here, Mom? You'll see. And let's go. Ah, I'm going to die. And Daddy comes down, swoops down, and grabs the baby before it dies. Doesn't it sound like your spiritual life, right? You know, man, I'm going to church. It's so awesome. I love my nest. It's so comfortable. The worship is awesome. The preaching is really speaking to me. And, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. And you were there for two years. You've never witnessed to anyone. You don't read your Bible. You don't have a great devotional life. But you go to church faithfully. And all of a sudden, some thorns start coming up in the church. Ah, oh, man, I don't like that message. I don't like the way that person looked at me or is talking to me. This is uncomfortable. I don't like the nest. Get out and fly. God's about to take you up to a higher place. No, I'm going to find another nest. I'm going to go find a comfortable nest. No, this is a process. It's called flight school. God's getting you ready, right? So, as an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking it up, carrying them on its wings. And we read this, and I used to read this thing, oh, God, it's so nice. He's taking them for a, you know, for a ride on their back. God's got an you know, eagle, and he's take, we're going for a little ride up in the sky. But the purpose is to just throw it off, right? Carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led them, and there was no foreign God with him. And the whole, the whole process of this is so that the eaglet can learn to fly on its own. After many times of being dropped, the eaglet figures out, I can flap my own wings, I can open my own wings, and I can soar. And ultimately what God wants is God wants to see us as his people learn to soar and learn to fly on our own. And if he has to make our circumstances and our situations a little uncomfortable... If he has to stir up the nest, right, that's because he loves us. Amen? And he's saying, I, I want you to learn to soar on your own. I don't want you to, to be flapping. You're an eagle. 
You're to soar on the jet stream. You're, you're to fly at high levels. You're supposed to be in relationship. And, and God was so faithful that he took Israel. And he said, I'm going I'm to pick you up. I'm going I'm to bring you to the high places. But I'm going to drop you so you can learn to fly. Amen? And how many know that we all need those experiences in life? How many know that? How many can relate to a time when you had the nest stirred up a little bit? Maybe in the natural or maybe even in the spiritual. And those who love you, and God loves us, will stir the nest so that we can learn to fly on our own. Amen? So why don't we stand and pray? Father, I thank you, God, for your word. And Lord, I thank you that you are calling us to flight school. You're causing us to want to to learn to fly on our own, not to be dependent on, on uh, you know, the circumstances, but that we can soar above the circumstances. God, you're preparing us to soar on wings as eagles. So, Father, I pray that you'd minister to every person in this place. And I pray right now, God, if there's anyone who's listening, and I'm just going to make this call out, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to be with the Lord. You want to be flying on his wings. He is, he is a God like no other. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you want to pray that prayer, you can be sure that Jesus um, is, is and will save your soul. I want you to pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins and come and live in my heart and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. As we're closing this message off, I wanted to encourage you this week to even ask the Lord in prayer. Say, Lord, what is it that I can give? What is it in my house right now that I can pour out? Whatever you need from God, God is able to do it. He's faithful and he's just. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.